the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton uh, coming at you with another uh, show. This is uh, Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis. Uh, as we got this reprieve, you know, this good old uh, nice 80-degree weather, uh, we can just say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I'm happy. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan. I love I love 90s and 100, but I'll settle for 80 this time around. Uh, just want to make a little announcement. Uh, every year we do a skating party, normally in October. This year is going to be November 3rd at the Roller Gardens for 430 to 6.30. It's our private party. Uh, if you want to come out and and uh, you know meet with me and see some of the kids we work with, uh, we bring all the kids we work with through the year and through the summer back. Uh, but most of the kids in the summer, it's like a little reunion party. So the kids that were in the 3D program and kids that were in uh, the you know college program and then also the kids that uh, run for Eagles Wings Track Club, we all come back. Uh, we give the kids uh, two tickets, uh, one for themselves and one to give away to bring somebody in. And uh, and so the cost is going to be uh, six dollars in advance, uh, seven at the door. But I'll always be outside uh, selling the six dollar ticket so you can save a dollar. Uh, we don't do this to make money. We do this so we can all get together and meet and have fun and uh, skate around in a circle and, and just enjoy. A lot of people just come to sit down and talk. So like I said, if you want to just come out and, and uh, enjoy a little bit of time and uh, get our schedule for our college prep program where we kind of walk uh, parents and kids through the process of uh, applying for college, getting to college, uh, securing college. Our thing is there's two ways to go to college. One is to pay. Another one is they pay you. And uh, we try to get our kids to get paid. And so uh, right now we have about 27 kids in college that we're mentoring. And uh, and so our goal is is that we raise up our own board members. We raise up our own leaders. And uh, we raise up kids that will be not only uh, supporters of, of what we do, but they will be you know thirsty supporters financially and volunteer-wise in their local church uh, they go to. So that that's 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 coming up November third, four thirty to six thirty at the Roller Gardens in St. Louis Park. Uh, our little private skate party. You invited. Uh, all you have to do is, uh, if you really want to come, uh, you come in and visit. You know, I'll give you a free ticket also. Uh, well, really, two. You can bring somebody with you. Man, you want to bring your, one of your kids or grandkids out to, just to skate and spend some time with them and watch them buy flashing teeth and other things that they spend their money on when they go to the Roller Gardens. 
besides nachos and everything else they like to do. But it's a good time. It's a good time for us to engage with uh, community before the winter sets in. You know, and the winter sets in and we put on those big coats and, and we tend to stay hungry down. And so we just want to have one last contact with, uh, with with kids and let them enjoy the party. So you're invited. You're invited as my guest to come out there to the Roller Gardens. Like I said, November 3rd. That's a, that's a oh, November 2nd. That's a Saturday, 4th, 36th. November 2nd is a Saturday. November 3rd is a Sunday. You know, I'm still thinking like a pastor. I'm thinking about Sunday. But it's on November 2nd. Uh, that we will be at the Roller Gardens from 4.30 to 6.30. Uh, excuse me for announcing that wrong date, but it's November 2nd. Uh, I'll keep you posted, you know, all through the month. Uh, as always, you can contact us by through our web address at the KKMS website, and our web address is www.sotlc, Spirit of the Lord Church. That's for Spirit of the Lord Church, S-O-T-L-C dot org, right? Yeah, I got so many websites in my head, I think about it's dot org. Uh, the track address is eagleswingstrack.com and the other one is 3D, number three, deepleadership.com. And uh, that's that's it. That's our three web addresses. You can, uh, the information's not up yet, but it should be up by the end of the weekend by the skating party. As always, uh, I'm just a phone call away, uh, 612-251-5717 uh, is a way to contact me. And if you have any questions or something you want like us to cover. Uh, once again, I'm going to continue my talk uh, today on discipleship. And uh, and so, you know, my program mainly comes from an urban context, an urban thing. I'm going to share some stories with you today and uh, that are they're enlightening. But I also want to share some stories with you that are frightening. And uh, when you get into the discipleship process, somewhere along the line, we've taken uh, Matthew twenty eight nineteen, and we've changed the words and, and I'm a Bible man and I like to look at the Bible and see what the scriptures say, but not just exactly what the scriptures say, but what are the scriptures trying to tell us? What, what is the story? As Paul said, these, these stories, these things were given us as an example. And uh, what, what is it that it's trying to say? You know, a lot of times people like to say, well, show me in scripture where it says blank. And once a person says that, I come to the realization that they haven't fell in love with the father yet. You know, they may be in love with their Bible and they may be in love with Jesus, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man coming to the father except through me. Our goal is to get to the father, you know? And so sometimes when people will say, oh, show me a scripture, this, that, and that. And then I say, well, you do away with a, a long time period when nobody has scripture. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Noah didn't have scripture. Adam and Eve didn't have scripture. I mean, you know, uh, Joseph, Jacob, you know, I, they, they, none of them had scripture to go by. When they were meditating, they were meditating and getting it straight from the Father. You know, Abraham pulled things from the Father. And, and so we, we, we like to look at it, and rightfully so, that you want to look at it and say, what is the Bible saying? But sometimes we have to look at it as when God, what is God saying? How is he speaking to us? You know, when we look at the, the, the prophets and how they were treated, you know, because they said some things. And uh, there's some things that were kind of unorthodox, but they were responding to what God had told them. You know, I look at Joseph, which is, uh, you know, because of my name, I always fell in love with Joseph. And, um, and, and Joseph, when he was, when Potiphar's wife made an advance toward him, he looked at her and said, how can I do this and sin against God? You know, he was ready to take whatever punishment it took so he would not sin against God. 
Now, where in the scripture? He didn't have scriptures. He didn't have a Sunday school teacher. He didn't have a pastor. You know, he didn't have radio programs. He didn't have, we have all this now that, that helps us understand what is God asking of us, you know, in our particular time period in our life. What does he want us to do? You know, how does he want us to respond? And and Joseph would meditate and drew close to God and operate in God and knew that anything that he did or anything that he tried to accomplish had to come through God. And uh, and so he stayed faithful. I mean, you know, when Jacob straightened his life back up and remembered the promise he made to God and told his family that, you know, from this day on, we're going to live this certain kind of way. You know, he didn't have scripture, scriptures. Uh, excuse me. Uh, he didn't have scriptures to walk them through. You know, he just had his relationship with the father and through that relationship with the father, as he meditated on the word, as he did things, God told him how he should then live, you know, and, 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 and they lived the way God told them to live. So you, when you look at it from a perspective that, that sometimes you have to learn how to hear the voice of God. And when we look at what the great commission says, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Teach. You know, we are God's teachers. We are his, his revere. We help people understand what it is that God wants from us. You know, what, what does he want from us? And that's what we help people to do, especially us who are called into the ministry. You know, we help people understand what it is that God wants them to do in this day and age. And scripture becomes our backdrop. I remember my mentor one day uh, challenged me with something. He came to me and said, you know, I don't believe in the Bible. And I, man, I just, I was like, you know, how can you do this? And I just went on this long rip of quoting scriptures to him and everything like that. And, and then he said, Joe, you didn't let me finish. He said, I don't believe in the Bible. I believe in the man who wrote the Bible. And, and, uh, and so when you start believing in the man who wrote the Bible, he will in turn, you will understand what the scriptures are saying and he will give you revelation knowledge as to how you should then live as Francis Safer did that long series that how should we then live? You know what I mean? Cause that's the whole key point. How should we live? So we tend to pick and choose how we're going to live and justify certain things nowadays that we do. And we, we look at stuff and sometimes I'm reading my Bible and I look at my Bible and I say, where do people get certain ideas from? You know, where do we get the, you know, to get somebody to come up and say, you know, quote unquote, the sinner's prayer and to confess, you know, Romans tells if you, if you believe in your heart, right. And confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you're then saved. I don't know what's in people's hearts all the time. I have to wait and hope the Holy spirit will reveal to me what it is. It happens, you know, but I don't know what's in someone's heart and, and what is in your heart, you know? And so in our discipleship process, what we've learned to do is we've learned to get to the heart. Not necessarily get to the head, fill them up with a lot of knowledge and things like that, but they get to so they can learn the heart of God, what it is that God wants out of us. And even as we're searching for our purpose and we're searching for our ministry, you know, there are certain commandments that God has given that every believer has to follow. You know, they have to follow that. And and so as they follow that and they and they do what they've been called to do, then you come to understand of knowing that that God has something for you to do. And and so when when we get into the is show me what in the Bible well, I can't show you cell phones in the Bible I can't show you uh, different things in the Bible but when you understand God's heart right especially in this age of technology where we expose us so much you really have to learn the heart of God and even when you walk up on somebody and somebody's doing miracles or doing everything like that 
we can't get distracted by that. But we do. We get distracted by people's oratory ability. We get distracted by the light shows and fog machines and worship. We get distracted and we miss what the heart of God is. And so some people feel that they can't even worship unless they have these distractions around them. You know what I mean? But you got to look back at, 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 at the people in Hebrews 11 in the chapter of faith. You know, it said they died yet not seeing the promise fulfilled. But also in that chapter of faith, you know, they died really not having, you know, quote unquote, access to scriptures as we have today. I have, I have, I have different translations of the Bible on my phone. I have different translations of the Bible at my house, you know, and I have all of this at my disposal. But yet we tend to miss the heart of God and the heart of God wants us to teach. We have to teach people. Now, whether they accept him or not is not the issue. Our, our job is to teach them. Right. So when they do come to that realization, when they do finally believe in their heart, the Lord Jesus, they have they they know how they should live. And even if they choose to rebel against that and live another way, at least they know. That they're in rebellion, some of us are in rebellion and we don't even know we're in rebellion because we don't even know the heart of God. We don't even know what he wants from us. How does he want us to display ourselves? And, and we we do certain things, but we pick and choose based on how we feel not based on how God feels, right? So as I said last week, you know, you get a discipleship process. Discipling somebody in an urban context is no different than discipling somebody in any other context. But you have to know this. The city is full of distraction. It is full of distraction. Blash and flinking lights, you know what I mean? You can go out and do whatever you want to do. You can find you a niche somewhere and go out there and enjoy your life. You want to be a clubber. You want to be a you want to be a monk, whatever you want to be, you know, the city will offer it to you. But it's all masks and distractions enough to keep you away from getting to the heart of God. And that's the thing that I go with the heart of God. I'm going to take a little stroll through Second Peter, um, you know, and, and that's I use. Uh, when I check in with people, I use Psalms one. Right. And I, and I go, we go through Psalms one. Have you counseled with the ungodly? Have you done anything? You know, okay, that's where you are, you know, and, and, and people go in and, and they understand that I'm coming to them from a biblical context, but at the same time, I need for them to be honest with me and what they're experiencing and what they're going through. So let's, if you with me, just follow First Peter. I'll read along. It'll be Second Peter. You know, I'm getting my numbers mixed up today, right? And it says uh, in verse 5 of Second Peter chapter 1, uh, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises, right? Respond to God's promises, supplement or add to your faith a generous portion of moral excellence, right? So the first thing I try to teach is moral excellence. I try to think what, how does God want us to work? How does he want us to display, right? The word Christian is so blurry in our country. In other countries, you know, you say Christian, they know what you mean, they know what you stand for, and it's pretty much black and white. But we have a whole bunch of gray that goes along with it. You know, I had somebody tell me the other day, you know, you know, I love the Lord, I want his followers, everything like that. I depend on him for everything I need. But I've never seen him in a Bible study, never seen him in, in church. And not that that's going to make uh, them any better, but how can you supplement your faith with moral excellence when you're out here doing crazy things? I mean, this individual was is is strung out on drugs, you know, refuses to go to treatment, you know, but quick to tell you how much God blesses them and and takes them along and and does whatever they they need to do. And and you know, we look at it and go like, well, you know, you're not living that life when you 
your, your, your God is this drug that you, that you spend up all your rent money and that you get in trouble when you do things with, you know, it's not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know what I mean? You, 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 you're straggling down. You're going into an avenue or, or into a way that, that doesn't bring honor to God. It, it's, it feeds your flesh, you know, and not that, <clears throat> not that necessarily that, uh, that, that feeding your flesh is wrong because I love a good meal. You know what I mean? But I'm talking about feeding your flesh with things that are not morally excellent. You know, I'm hearing music in my ear and, uh, and you know, it's not that are morally excellent. So, so add to your faith more excellence. So when I'm teaching somebody, when I'm, when I'm, I'm engaging somebody, you know, I teach them first, you know, how to add to their faith moral excellence. What do they want to live? How do they live by examining your life? Is it bringing glory to God? You know, is is it is it doing anything there? You know, that, that, that's going to take, yeah, that's going to take them away from being a good witness for Christ. But the first thing is moral excellence. I want them to understand that. And the thing about the discipleship process is that you have to spend time with people. Man, I, there's some people that, you know, I, Tell my fellow pastors when, when you get tired of somebody and you don't want them in your church no more, send them to me, you know, because, uh, you know, some people complain that, you know, I'm too involved in their life. Yeah. I'm too involved that, 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 uh, that I want to know too much. No, I'm trying to disciple you. I'm trying to make you a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the midst of making you a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, I have to spend time with you, you know, or if you're being discipled by, uh, someone else, you know, I make sure that they spend time with you because, you're not going to spend 20 years, 18 years, uh, 11 years, 55 years living a certain way. And then you come out of it with you just all of a sudden going to change. You know, God takes some things away from you instantly. You know, I can think of things that God took away instantly from me. And I think of some things that I had to fight with. And I go back to, as he told Joshua, he said, I'm going to leave some things for you to do because you need to learn how to fight. Okay. We're going to take a little break right now. Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Here at The Mission, we're delighted to recognize Understanding the Times as our September Ministry of the Month. You can find Understanding the Times at olivetreeviews.org and on the air here at The Mission every Saturday morning at 9 and Sundays at noon. You can even listen on demand from our podcast page. This month, make sure you listen close to Lee Michaels Live for your chance to win a copy of Jan's DVD, Hidden in Plain View, The New World Order and Bible Prophecy. Our September Ministry of the Month is Understanding the Times. Welcome back uh, to Isaiah 61. 
I ran a little long, got on a roll. Uh, this music reminds me of when we were young, standing on the corner, singing songs, trying to see who could sing the best, forming groups, trying to be the next Temptations. <laughs> uh, but you know, when you, when, I wanted to share a story with you. Uh, I, uh, not a young man, but an older man uh, started coming around our church, and uh, we had to do some electrical work done. He was an electrician. He came and gave us a bid, and uh, and so when he gave us the bid. Uh, he got around the church and got around us. And of course we're going to share our faith and, and live it out. And, uh, after a while, this man, he hung around the church. He did everything for us. He did light work. He did, and didn't charge us a dime. You know what I mean? That went in there and, uh, for doing that, because he just felt a, a draw, a, a difference because, you know, we would sit down, we would talk, we were teaching and ask him certain things and what God expected of him. And he didn't believe that God would ever forgive him for what he did because, you know, he had committed a, a, a lot of murders in his life. And the thing about when you kill somebody, man, it, it haunts you. You know what I mean? When you go, when he was young, he didn't think about it. As he got older, you know, he could see the images when he closed his eyes. And he said, how can God forgive me for doing some things like that? And I said, man, God will forgive you. And uh, I, it took about, it took almost 10 years before he finally believed that God could forgive him. And so, and so he, uh, you know, accepted Christ as his savior uh, was baptized and then became the journey of helping him redirect his life, redirect his morals. You know what I mean? There's certain codes you live by when you live in that kind of a lifestyle. And, uh, you know, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but man, it was just a, a battle. But John teacher, what, what was moral excellence? And then Peter says, uh, after moral excellence, you know, to, to, to get knowledge, right? then that's when the knowledge comes in. When you have an understanding of how you should live and what God expects from you, then then you can start gaining the knowledge. But if that's not the, the foundation of what it is, you'll find yourself picking and choosing what you want to do. And some of the things that we do in the church are not found in Scripture. You know, it, they're just not. But they've been a part of our lives for so long that we in turn just assume that it's God's way. And, uh, and so... I can think of guys that, I mean, I worked with for years, you know, trying to get them to understand, trying to get their mindset out of, out of the, 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 the gang mindset or the criminal mindset and trying to get them to transfer over. Uh, and one young man, he, he not, he wasn't a young man, but he, he asked, can he go to lunch with me? And he would only come to church and maybe a couple of times a year. And I remember praying for him, uh, at a service, you know, I, but I prayed for him. Like I pray for everybody and we have prayer at the end of service and, he wanted to go to lunch with me, and while we were at lunch, he said, what did you pray over me? And I said, man, I don't really remember what I prayed over you. He said, no, man, what did you pray over me? He said, man, I can't get Jesus out of my mind. I can't get it out of my mind. He said, but, you know, I can't make my money being a, a Jesus follower. He said, because I have not been able to kill anybody. I have anybody killed since you prayed for me. And uh, he said, that's not me, right? And so we began this journey. We're still in this discipleship journey of helping them to understand, you know, you know what it means to be morally excellent because these morals were totally different than anything that you might understand, or anything you might want to go with. And in his world, you know, he was a good guy. In our world, you know, he was a sinner in need of, in need of repentance. And that's what we have to get people to understand. You can be a good person in your world. You can be a good person in your subculture, but it does not mean that you're a good person in the eyes of God. What does it mean to be a good person in the eyes of God? What does it mean to go beyond good and get into godly? 
you know, when we read about these Old Testament saints who who were godly, you know, and, and knew what God wanted because they knew his heart. And that's what I try to get people to understand and know God's heart. I'm not thrilled when I was younger. You know, I wanted the big church. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to preach at the big meetings and things like that. But as I got older, I realized that when I looked at there was no fruit, you know, people, you know, how you win people is what you win them with. It's what you win them to. And and we try to win them to the word of God, but not just the word of God, but understanding God's heart and with knowledge, with self-control. You got to come in with self-control, you know, and, and that's hard for a person who always feeds their flesh, does whatever they want to, you know, do certain things like that and get to that point. And you, you, you got to have a diagram with people. It's not enough just to pray to prayer. We had, you know, Bill Hybels came out and said that, that his whole system uh, was wrong. You know what I mean? It was wrong. But people are still following that system because it draws crowds. It, it causes your church to grow. You have big buildings and big budgets and people get paid. And uh, and by following the system, but even though he said it was wrong, people still follow it. You know, but we have to understand that we have to follow the mandate what's in the Bible, not how people interpret the Bible. Right. We're going to pick up the self-control uh, next week and go through it. And I want to share with you a little bit more. Uh, time always seems to go fast, you know, when we're on this show. But as always, I said earlier, feel free. This is on the podcast. If you didn't get my number or websites there, listen to the podcast. Get them. Give me a call. And I hope to see you at our skating party where I can see you face to face. Love you and God bless you.